morning, Enbrook. It's great to see you. Thanks for coming on out today. It's, thanks for just making it out to church. That's a big deal. Uh, proud of you for that. Also just want to say hello to anyone joining us online, joining us wherever in the world you may be. Great to have you with us as well. My name is Joshua. I'm uh, one of the pastors on staff here, and I love my job, love this church. And uh, if you've been with us, and we're actually coming down, we're coming down to the final weeks of our series that we've been in called The Brand New You. And if you haven't been with us, we've been walking through Romans 6, 7, and 8, which is, I just think they're so powerful. They're such powerful chapters. Have you guys enjoyed this series? Can I just, has Pastor Brent just not done a fantastic job of walking us through this? And I love these chapters in the Bible because I believe it's kind of what the Christian life is all about. It's about leaving this life of sin and struggle and, and starting this new adventure with Jesus Christ. And as I've, I've kind of, you know, I've walked with Christ for quite a while now, and I've always kind of noticed two types of people. There's those that just seem to thrive and those that struggle. And I've always kind of wondered, like, I just, my, my, I'm a thinker, okay? So I'm always thinking. It's like, what's the difference? What's the secret sauce, right? Like, how come some people just are good at it and some people just struggle? And I actually am convinced that we're going to see in today's passage what the difference is between those that thrive and those that struggle. So I'm going to dive right into this. I want to jump into Romans chapter 8. And we're going to look at two verses today that I think are extremely powerful and talk about what this means for our lives. So here's what it says, Romans 5, or excuse me, Romans 8, 5, and 6. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful people leads to death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit leads to life and peace. Paul's saying here the difference between those who thrive and those who struggle is a mindset. It's a mindset. Those who thrive, they've got their mindset on the Spirit. They've got their mindset on spiritual things, on godly things, on things that are more important, okay? And then those who struggle, I think they wrestle with their sinful nature desires. So I think the key question today is, hey, what is your mindset on these days? What dominates your thoughts? Because I'm convinced that whatever dominates your thoughts will absolutely determine the course of your life. I believe this. Whatever is dominating your thought life, whatever you think about all day, will absolutely drive the direction you're going to go. I believe this. Uh, a time in my life where I saw this played out, both in my life and also in the life of a furry little friend, Several years ago, it was a very stressful season in the Kirsch home. Uh, Christina's father was diagnosed with cancer, so she was spending a lot of time up north uh, with her father, and I was just kind of home, holding down the home fort, in charge of the kids, and it was just, it was the fall, okay? It was the fall season, super stressful if you're in ministry, okay? Because everything's ramping back up. I was a youth pastor at the time, so my wife is gone, the house is a disaster, we're having work done on our house, and I've got this little furry friend that we had agreed. I have a picture here. We've got a little furry friend. No, no, don't, don't awe. Don't awe. No, 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 don't. Just wait until you hear. Okay, don't awe. Okay, we did, we did, we agreed to dog sit our friend's dog for the week. And she, she was just a puppy at the time. This is Bailey. Okay, so I'm stressed to the max, okay, and I've got this little dog that's just driven by her sin nature living, <laughs> living in our home. 
And I remember the day, okay, I've never had a dog before, just for the record. I'm on the phone. This is a really important phone call. I got to go pick up the kids in a few minutes. There's guys working on our house. It's just a disaster. And I'm, I'm so right. And, I'm, and so Bailey decides she sees the squirrel. She sees a squirrel in the backyard. So when she starts yipping and yapping and scratching at the back patio door, well, what I realized, she started to scratch up the frame of the door. And I'm like, Bailey, stop it. Right? I'm like, my, I can see, feel my anger level starting to raise, okay? So I'm like, she won't stop yipping. And I'm on the phone. I'm like, all right, fine. So I clip on, you know, the super long leash, you know, clip it on, open the door. She runs. Of course, she doesn't catch the squirrel, right? And within a matter of minutes, I realize, okay, I'm not going to catch it. Well, she comes back to the door. And now she's scratching at the outside, wanting to come back into the house. And now she's scratching up the outside, okay, of my window frame. I'm like, Bailey, stop it. You know, I'm like, no, no, not you. You know, like, stop. You know, like, I'm on the phone. So finally, she gives up on trying to come in. She goes out into the, to the yard. And I'm, and I'm on the phone, and I'm watching this. And of course, she does her business. Okay, let's just, there it is. She, it's what dogs do. She does her business. And then here's what happened. Now, you know where this is going, don't you? She looked down at it, and she started to sniff at it. She started to sniff at it. And I thought, I'm in my head. I'm like, don't you do it. And then she flops down in it and starts rolling around. And at that point, I just lose it. I open the door and I'm like, Bailey, stop it. Because I'm like thinking, now I've got to clean the dog. Like, and, and as I open the door, Bailey, stop it. She, she, she perks up and she knows she's been caught. And I'm like, Bailey, stop it. And if you've ever seen, I've seen a dog do this. They kind of look at you and then they kind of go like this. And I'm like, don't you do it. And she kind of like scooched over. And she like rubbed her butt in it some more. I'm not kidding. And she was almost like, what are you going to do about it? You know, just, just. And I saw this sin nature in this little fur ball just playing. Like, am I going to listen to you? Am I going to do what I want to do, right? And, and me too. Like, the, my, my anger just took over. And I was driven by my sin nature that day. Okay, so Paul says, right, we're either controlled by sin or by the Spirit. And it's a battle for control, isn't it? Okay? If you're a believer in Christ, there is a spiritual battle going on inside of you between your sin nature and God's Spirit all the time. It's a battle for control. So the question is, what has control? What has control? Now, let me come back to this idea of mindset, okay? When Paul talks about in verse 5. Our mindset, it's not our IQ, okay? Our mindset, it's this inner world of thoughts desires, and emotions, and it's this inner world of thoughts, desires, and emotions that's driving our life. Sometimes we're not even aware of it. Like when I got mad at Bailey, okay, my anger level went from zero to 100 instantly, okay? I wasn't even aware of how intense my anger was, but it came from somewhere inside of me, okay, that, 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 um, that those thoughts, emotions, and desires. And over the next hour, I'll completely confess to you, I was controlled by my anger, Okay, I was controlled by my sin nature. And then what happens, like almost every time, God's spirit is just gentle and calm and slowly breaks through and says, Josh, just chill out. Just relax. You are letting your anger rule you right now. And, and eventually I just had to laugh and I had to chuckle about, man, what the dumb dog, right? Just, like, all you can do is laugh. And God's spirit broke through. And I could hand control back over the spirit. But at any given time, my mind is either controlled by my sinful nature or by the Spirit of God, and it can vacillate back and forth. 
And whatever has control in that moment will absolutely determine what I say, what I do, and sometimes even where I go. And that immediate reaction, it comes from this inner world that we all have of thoughts, emotions, and desires that at any given moment can be controlled by our sin nature. Now, Paul goes on in verse 6. I want to go back to verse 6. Here's what he says. He says in verse 6 that depending on who has control, there is an outcome. Guess what? There's always an outcome. Okay, here's what it says in verse 6. The mind of sinful people leads to death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit leads to life and peace. Now, friends, listen to me. I have never met anybody that wants death. I've just never met that person. I've never met anyone who wants to live a death-like, defeated life. I've never met that person. I don't know anybody who wants a dead marriage. I don't know anybody who wants a dead career, a dead soul, a dead future. I've never met that person. Generally, what do people really want? They want life and they want peace, right? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could all have life and peace, no matter what's happening on the outside around us, right? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could have life and our peace in our relationships, in our homes, in our inner life, so that no matter what's happening at work, at school, with the economy, we could have life and peace. Friends, the Bible says we can have that in our lives. The mind controlled by the Spirit brings life and peace. The question then becomes, okay, how do we get that control? How do we make sure that it's the Spirit that we're giving control and so that we're not controlled by sin? Well, I have two thoughts for you today on that. First thing is this. In order for us to make sure that we're kind of swaying towards the Spirit, towards giving the Spirit control, we've got to purify the flow. Now, some of you are like, what in the world are you talking about? I'm glad you asked because I'm going to explain this to you. And I've got a little illustration backstage that I want to go get. It's just a small thing. I want to bring it out. So just sit tight for a sec. Yeah, this, this, is, this is my picture of what this could look like. It's just a little illustration. Okay, I just want you to know my goal is to win the award for the largest prop ever used in a sermon message. Um, so, so here's what this looks like. We have this, okay, here's my guy, right? And he's got a really big head, like a lot of us do, let's be honest, okay? But the, the, main, the main ways that we receive information is, is through what? It's through our eyes and through our ears, okay? And so we have this funnel, okay? We all have this funnel, and there's this constant flow, okay, of information coming at us every day. Let me give you some examples, okay? How many of you love going to the movies, Okay, good. I'm a, the Kirsch clan. We love movies, okay? Anytime you go to a movie, that is a form of information funneling into your mind, okay? How many of you are Facebook freaks? Okay, this is a great time to elbow that person next to you. Yeah, you know who you are. Okay, Facebook is a constant form of receiving information, and it's just, it's, just, it's flowing in there, right? Okay. How many of you use the internet, the World Wide Web, at least once a day? Okay, if you raise your hand, you're lying, okay? We even have a phrase for it. Hey, you should Google that, right? World Wide Web. That is a constant stream of information flowing into our minds, right? Okay, even the Bible, okay? The Bible, 
If you pick up your Bible and you read it, that is a source of information that's flowing into our minds. The Bible, it's, it's great. It's good. Okay? How about, how many of you are bookworms? Okay, you just, you love a good book. Okay, you will, you will snuggle up on the couch and read it, one book in a, in a day. You know, like, you just get lost into a galaxy far, far away. I just kind of hinted at what I really like, don't I? Good book. I love reading a good book. Absolutely. How many of you have a cell phone? Right, okay. A constant source of interruptions and information is it? The second you wake up, what do you do? You check it for text messages, you check your Snapchats, yada, yada, yada. It's constantly, it's flowing in there, just whoop, right in there, okay. How many of you are music lovers? You have to have music on in the background all day or your earbuds in or something, right? Is that you? Okay. Music is a constant form of information flowing into your mind, okay? How many of you, all right, this is probably a smaller group, but how many of you are podcast nuts? Like, you love listening to podcasts. Like, you've got favorite authors or speakers or whatever. Podcasts, constant information flowing in to your mind. Of course, probably the last one, probably the most important one, Netflix, right? Okay, we all have our Netflix, we all have our, we got to binge watch Stranger Things, right? I mean, come on. It's, it's just constant information, and guess what? It's, it's flowing in there. And so we have this constant flow of information that we're receiving every single day, right? Now, every piece of information, I didn't even touch on all of them, okay? Every piece of information has a value attached to it, okay? There's no value of neutral here, okay? Nothing is neutral. Every piece of information is trying to influence your thinking and therefore drive your life in one direction or another, and this constant flow of information, what it does is it affects our thinking and it pushes us one way or another. So the question is, okay, the information that you're constantly consuming, okay, is it driving your life towards sin and death or is it driving you towards life and peace? That's the question. So some of you are like, well, how can you know? Well, let, let me, let's, let's talk about that for a sec. Just take a self-inventory, just a heart check for just a few minutes here. In your life lately, do you feel like you're struggling with things like impure thoughts? Maybe even sexual immorality. By the way, sexual immorality would be things like sex outside of marriage. Okay, Impure thoughts. Maybe something pops into your mind. You're like, where did that come from? That was dark. Okay, Hostility. These are all biblical terms for sin and death. Okay, Quarreling. You just, you just bickering with people that you care about lately? Hot jealousy, lying, outbursts of anger. You just feel like you got a short fuse lately. Drunkenness. I know a lot of, I know a lot of people wrestle with, they got pain in their lives, and so they can use alcohol to try to escape that. Wild parties. It's great at the time because it's like, woo, but you feel terrible the next day. But it's just strife. You ever, you ever feel, just, you know, strife it sucks. <laughs> Can I say that in church? The strife, you know? I, is this what you're feeling lately? Or do you feel like lately in your life you, you're, you're, you are feeling love, joy, peace, kindness? Like you just, I just, I love being kind to people, okay? Happiness. Do you feel a sense of contentment? Self-control. Like, 
I'm, I'm not being, I'm not letting anything else run my life. I feel like God's running my life. Generosity. You just feel like, man, I want to help people. That, that generous heart. Relational wholeness. You know, you're striving towards working towards peacemaking in your relationships. Financial wellness. You're like, you know, I've got a good grip on my money. My money doesn't control me. I don't, I don't see what Mr. Jones has and think I got to have that too, you know. Contented living. That's, you know, that's that mindset. Ask yourself, just to yourself, which way do you feel you're leaning lately? And maybe that says something about the flow of information coming into your life right now. I hope that makes sense. Um, I remember, you know, I remember a time in my life where this really played out. When, when I was a teenager, I had, I had just come to Christ, and, I, and I'm, I'm not really proud of this. I hope you won't judge me for this. My favorite type of music was heavy metal music. I'm just, I love the driving guitars and the crazy drummers. I did. If it was, if it was a click track that no man alive could keep up with, I was like, yes, rock it, right? Okay, I just loved heavy metal music. But now I wish I could stand in front of you and tell you that I chose positive heavy metal music. <laughs> but I didn't. And I confess to you, I had some seriously dark stuff. I had some evil, I would, be, I would be embarrassed to tell you some of the CDs that I had. CDs I just dated myself, didn't I? It's a CD. <laughs> but you know what I realized? As I listened to that type of music and those particular artists, what I realized is that my life started to twist this way because I'd be jealous of coworkers. I'd lie to my parents. I'd have this short fuse and I would just go off. It was like one day the light went on. I remember my youth pastor talking to me about it, and I realized, man, the stuff that I was consuming was pushing my life this way. And I realized, I got to fix that. I got to work on that. I had to purify the flow. Friends, I got to ask, how much, how much of our minds are affected by a steady flow of Game of Thrones? L- Big Little Lies, Modern Family, Stranger Things, and The Big Bang Theory. Now, we can chuckle about that, but I'm telling you, as your pastor and someone who cares about it, we have to wrestle with the deeper questions. Because all this information that is hitting our minds, it affects the way that men think about women. It affects the way that women think about men. It affects the way that people view sex and marriage and even Christianity. And I know some people would disagree with me. Okay, now listen very carefully. This is Josh speaking. This is not Pastor Brent. This is nobody else on staff. This is me thinking, okay? And I know there will be people that would be disagree with me, but I think television has erased the line between right and wrong. We live in a culture where anything goes. There's no right or wrong anymore. Marriage is a joke. Going to bed with anybody is the norm. And guys, that breaks my heart. Kids are left to figure out life on their own. Man, our families are in trouble. Our culture is in trouble. We're not what we used to be. There's the flow of pollution, there can be, of dangerous stuff coming at us every single day, and it's driving our thinking, it's driving our worldview, and it drives a lot of our behaviors. Which is why, man, we have to be intentional about purifying the flow if you want a mind controlled by the spirit that leads to life and peace. Then we have to make sure there's a steady stream. We've got to make sure there's a steady stream of goodness and truth flowing into our lives. I love this verse 
in uh, Colossians 3, it says this, set your mind, there it is again, have a mindset on things that are above. Well, above what, right? That's a great question. Above what? Man, can I just say above the normal drift of society, above the profane values that our culture is espousing today. So here's a thought, okay? I'm just talking, here's what I do. Here's a thought. To make sure that my mind is controlled by the Spirit, I have to find some balance. I got to balance my love of Marvel movies and classic rock, rock on, classic rock, with a steady flow of elevation and Hillsong worship. I got to do it. I have to have that balance. I got to balance my love of Brandon Sanderson and Clive Cussler novels, two of my favorites, with a steady flow of some of my favorite authors like Henry Cloud, Andy Stanley, Craig Groeschel, Mark Batterson, and Kyle Eidemann that teach me about marriage and raising kids and handling stress and growing up spiritually and living a God-centered life. I got to have some balance. I got to make sure that there's positive stuff flowing in. Here's another thing we got to do every day. I just want to encourage us in this. We got to be in God's word every day. Every morning. And I wish I could say, I'm not great at it every day, but every day I try to be in God's word. Not a lot of it, just a little. That's all I need. I just need a little bit every day. I love what it says in Psalm 1. It says this, Blessed is the person who meditates on God's word. There it is. God's word day and night. He's like a tree planted by streams of water which yields fruit in season and whose leaf never withers. Whatever he does prospers. This person is like a tree that's loaded with fruit. You know what I picture? I picture grapefruits, like just, yeah, big, plump grapefruits. They're producing fruit all the time. This person's life is going in the right direction. It's one of the signs that you are controlled by the Spirit. I believe that. Your life is producing fruits of the Spirit, right? Things like love and joy and peace, patience, goodness. Those things are flowing in and out of your life. That person who meditates on God's Word day and night. So how's that, how's that even possible, right? How's that possible? Well, go back to that verse. Blessed is a person who meditates on God's word, what? Day and night. And if you want to underline anything, underline day and night. And some of you are like, that's not, that's not possible, right? I mean, you, we can't rock around with a Bible glued to our forehead every day. Okay, so here's what that might look like. Let's say that morning you read Isaiah 41, and you come to this verse for Isaiah 41.10. God says to you, fear not, for I am with you. And that sticks with you. you that sticks in your heart. And, and the, what it's saying is the God of all power, who wants what's best for you, says that, okay? And so throughout your day, you know what you do? You just remind yourself of that truth. Maybe you write this verse down somewhere where you're going to see it. You stick it in your back pocket, and then you come back to it all day. And by doing that, I have these things on my mind and on my heart. And you know what it does? It carries me through my day. It does. It really does. Blessed is the person who has a constant stream of God's truth flowing into their man, staying plugged in to God's word. That's what that means. One of my favorite authors that I love to read from time to time is named John Ortberg. And John Ortberg tells about a car that he and his wife rented and they're in a strange city that they were unfamiliar with. And it was back when the GPS system had just come out. Do you guys remember the old GPS, the clunky box thing, you know, that you'd plug into like your cigarette lighter? Remember those? 
Okay, it was back, they rented a car, and, and this car came with a GPS unit. So they typed in their destination, and she started to lead them on their way. Now, John admits that he didn't trust it. She said, turn right, but in my heart, I wanted to turn left. Left is where I think I should go. John says, in fact, at one point, he was positive the lady in the GPS box was wrong. She said, go right. I did not go right. I went left because I knew she was wrong. But then she said this. She said, recalibrating route. When safe to do so, make a U-turn. But I knew she was still wrong, said John, so I unplugged her. <laughs> Isn't that great? That's the beauty of it. You can, just, you can just unplug her, right? John says this, I got lost as a goose, which my wife enjoyed immensely. <laughs> so we plugged the lady back in, and you know what she said to me? She said, I told you so, you little idiot. You think I'm going to help you now? Forget it. No, of course she didn't see that. She simply said, recalibrating route, make a U-turn when it's safe, and she led us to our destination. And the point is this. Guys, we have to stay plugged into God's Word. Every day, day and night, the Bible says. And I know some of you are thinking, because I say the same things, man, we're so busy. There's soccer and basketball and hockey tournaments, and the Twins are winning, and I have season tickets, and our family's gone every weekend. Friends, I think, I think many of us, we just unplug from church or anything spiritual for weeks. And it's possible that our families, we don't have anything flowing into our minds that's countering the negative flow that's coming at us every day. There's no exposure to God's truth. There's no worship or biblical teaching. There's no inspiration from being around other believers. There's no countering, right, the endless hose of Facebook and Snapchat and the 6 o'clock news or whatever. But then we start to notice something. When we've unplugged from things of God, we notice that in our spirits, and I've felt this before, our spirits, they just start to sag. Have you ever felt that? It's just like, ugh. Maybe our marriage starts to struggle. Maybe our kids have morphed into little monsters, right? Maybe it gets even darker. Maybe we start to fantasize about escaping into that off-limits relationship. Maybe we even start to think about leaving our spouse. Maybe we even question if God is real. Could it be, church? Could it be? It's because we've unplugged spiritually. Nothing is purifying the flow. So you know what happens? The sin nature just takes over. And it's just a matter of time before we and our families, can we, we can get lost. We've got to purify the flow. The second thing I think we need to do to make sure that we're, we're giving as much power to the Spirit as possible to lead our lives is we've got to develop new desires. We've got to develop new desires. Now, not all desires are bad, okay? But let's face it, not all desires are good either. Sometimes I have a desire to overeat. Can you tell? Sometimes I have a desire to overspend. Who doesn't have that desire, right? Sometimes I have a desire to look at things on my computer screen that I probably shouldn't look at. Sometimes I have a desire to lie, cheat, and lash out in anger. Friends, those are not good desires. Those desires will not lead me to life and peace. So the question here is, how do I develop new desires that will lead me towards life and peace and away from sin? David said this in Psalm 37, and I think we can learn from, from a, a nugget of truth here. He said this, he said, take delight 
in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. If I could put that another way, I think it's pursue God, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now listen very carefully. That does not mean he will give you whatever you want. That's not what I'm saying. A lot of people misconstrue that and think that's what they're saying. No, no, no. I think what David is saying here is, you know what? If you pursue God, he'll actually give you new desires. Notice also, this is not a command. Okay, applies. We have to take some action on part. We have to pursue him. We have to take delight in him. This is something we need to choose to do. By the way, can I just, you guys are here today. Way to go. I applaud you. Why? Because that showed me that you pursued God this morning. That's a big deal. Way to go. Keep that up. And every time we take a moment to read our Bible app, right, or meditate on God's word, right, and take a couple minutes to pray, you know what we're doing? We're taking delight in God. We're taking delight in knowing God. We're pursuing him. And you know what? It grows on you. It grows on you. Let's be honest. Reading the Bible is not the most exciting thing to do, is it? It's just be honest, okay? But guess what? If you choose to pursue it, your desires will change, and you'll get to a point, I believe this, you'll get to a point where you say, I don't want to miss what God has to say to me today. God changes our desires. It's the same with church, right? I've heard some of your stories. Some of you grew up hating church, okay? And now you enjoy being here at Enbrook because you pursued it, okay? And your desires, they changed. And what that means is if you chase after God, he will change your desires, and you know what? He'll line them up with his spirit. I love that. So a long time ago, when I was a kid, I had a neighborhood friend, and his family took me to Valley Fair for the first time. And i never been to an amusement park before at this point. I was probably seven or eight years old, and they took me to Valley Fair. And I, we had a great time, right? The rides were fun. I'm not necessarily like a thrill-seeker type of person. And we had a good time. And at one point in the afternoon, <clears throat> the mom took us boys into uh, a confectionery, so you know, a candy store, you know, and it had this super, this long glass display. And she said, hey, why don't you boys each pick out a type of candy and I'll buy it? I'm like, cool. So I'm walking down the display and I get to a section of the display filled with all kinds of fudge, okay? I love fudge. <laughs> oh, it's so good. And there was, there was all these kinds, okay, different flavors, different colors, and I saw this kind of this white gloop. And it was like a clump of white. I don't know how to explain it. And right next to it on the plaque, it said divinity. And I'm like, what's divinity? I think I asked him, what's, the, what's divinity? So she kind of explained it. And I'm like, well, that sounds good. So like, I'll try some divinity. So the gal behind the counter, she puts it on the wax paper, hands it over, and I, and I took it. And I took a bite. In that moment, the heavens opened up. <laughs> I swear I heard angels singing. I, I think I actually talked. I think I actually talked. I said, where have you been all my life? I think, I think the mom looked at me like, it was, it was the greatest thing I had ever tasted. Oh, I love a good piece of divinity fudge. It's so good. And so for the rest of the day, okay, it's like, I didn't even care about the rides, okay? The rides were lame now. It's like, we'd go to a ride, and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, the ride's cool. Is there a candy store by this ride? And I, 
I ate divinity three or four times that day. I'm not kidding. It was so good. So here's my point. When you get a taste of life and peace, when you get a taste for, for that in your life, friends, when you get a taste for love, joy, peace, kindness, self-control, healthier relationships, man, these things over here, they start to lose their taste. I want our taste buds to swing this way. Because I've experienced this life. It doesn't hold a candle to this life. I want that for you. I want that for our church. Because if we pursue God, guess what? He changes our desires. You know what? He changes our tastes. Friends, let me be crystal clear. Because I don't want anything here. To, I'm not trying to beat up on anybody. I love you guys. But let me be crystal clear. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with watching a favorite TV show. There's nothing wrong with it. But when you start to lean that way, it, that TV show doesn't hold a candle to walking along the North Shore in Duluth with my family and listening to my kids laugh and throwing rocks in the lake. It, do, it doesn't compare. The relationships are so much sweeter. There's nothing wrong, listen to me, there's nothing wrong with playing video games. That's totally okay, play video games. But I'm telling you, when you get a taste of that, it doesn't even compare to being a part of a powerful worship experience. When you're rubbing shoulders with brothers and sisters that love you, and there's something happening in this space, it doesn't compare. Friends, there's nothing wrong with breaking all kinds of sales records and working hard and acquiring nice things. There's nothing wrong with that, go for it. But man, I'm telling you, when we've experienced that, that loses its taste. And what's more exciting is when we see a new person come through our doors and hear the message of Jesus Christ and their life is transformed forever. That excites me more than the money I'm making at the end of the day. Because I've lived that life. Friends, this is what I want for you. This is what I want for all of us. But you know what we got to do? Friends, we got to purify the flow. We got to purify the flow, and we need to develop new desires. When the Spirit gets a hold of our lives, and the sinful life, the sinful bend, it starts to lose its power. So, action step. Here's where I kind of eyeball to eyeball, knee to knee. I just want to say, hey, man, what can you do this week, church? What can you do to purify that flow of information coming at you? Hey, maybe it's choosing to listen to worship music instead of a secular station this week. Maybe it's trying a new podcast of a preacher or a speaker that you really like. Maybe it's intentionally setting aside 10 extra minutes in your morning, okay, before you even pick up your cell phone, to just read God's word and just find a verse to latch onto for the day and write it down. And whatever it is, be intentional about purifying the flow so that God can push our lives that way. Amen? Hey, I love you guys. Let me pray for you real quick, and then we'll get out of here. Father God, thank you so much for the Holy Spirit, Lord. And, and it's my desire. It truly is. I want to be led by the Spirit. Life with the Spirit is so much better. It's so much more alive than living my life consumed by sin and death. 
So God, I just pray for us as a church that as we go out from this place, that we would be consumed by the Spirit, that we would find ways to develop and pour into letting the Spirit lead. And God, I know there are people here that are hurting, and I, I, just, I just feel led to, to pray for that person. And maybe it's choices, and, and maybe it's just things that have happened that they couldn't control. Lord, I just pray that your spirit would come alongside that person and remind them that you love them and that you want to lead their life into more life and peace. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for what he did because he loved us so much, God. As we go out from this place, may we live for you this week. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. If, you, if anybody needs prayer, there'll be people up front to pray with you. Guys, have a great week. We love you. We'll see you later.